Hi, today we're going to be talking about whether inflation should we buy real estate right now? And if so, what kind of real estate? But most importantly, we're discussing the issue of timing. Hi, my name is RZ Jork. I'm the publisher of Ausbus. We have some 26,000 subscribers to our written 11 page or so tome every month. And we've been overwhelmed with questions. So we decided we're going to try the answering the questions on a, on a, in a more informal YouTube way. And so we'll do that on Fridays for the next six weeks and see whether that works better than having the big tome. Now, some of you like the big tome and they want me to write more and more details, but uh, quite a few of them saying, look, you know, also your, your preference of the kind of jokes that you tell, uh, they're not very popular. But then remember, get what you paid for. <laughs> it's free after all. And if you don't like to have my pictures of toilets of the world, that's your problem, not my problem. <laughs> but one of the big questions was really that I put in last month's newsletter, I put in that Oswald, which is really my name. Ozzy is, comes from my first boss who said, Oswald looks too dark. And then I thank him. Ozzy is much more friendly, but he says, Oswald, is your name and I was reading it up the other day and it said that it symbolizes divine power. <laughs> I couldn't help myself. I annoyed my family in no end with telling them, look, you know, I mean, hey, look, I mean, hey, divine power, I mean, what am I going to do? And in Germany, it actually meant that it was a, a, a symbol of God and power respectively. So there you go. Yeah, so I don't do some nonsense, but hey, we live in a world that seems to be really full of nonsense because right now, when we talk inflation, we get told by our government that it's 3.8%. And what are they measuring? A, a bag of donuts? I mean, certainly nothing that I buy. My house prices up, my rent is up, my gas prices up, my aeroplane costs up. There is nothing that is up 3.8%. Now, this is not news. If you go back to 1965, the average house price was $13,000 in Vancouver. Today, it's $2.3 million. Now, in my book, Forget About Location, Location, which, by the way, it's Forget About Location, Location. Everybody thinks I wrote a book called Location. No, forget about it. By that, I meant for the average investors, it was far more important to understand some basic questions. And those are, are we in an inflationary world right now? When you want to buy, are we timing-wise at the right time? What is the trend of the general market and specifically the area you want to buy? And what are the cycles, I tell you? That's really it. So when you take a look at, at the inflation aspect that we had, which are supposed to be measured by 2% or whatever reality is, when you go to shadowstats.com or some of those fine websites that measure the inflation of the Volcker basket in the 1980s, we are really running around 14 to 15%. If we counted the same stuff in the inflation basket that we measure, that we did measure the inflation in the past. So having said that, we believe at Ausbus, and I personally have made hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of speeches and written seven books and been quoted everywhere, that inflation is primarily a monetary phenomenon. And hey, it's not my words, it's Milton Friedman, who I've been quoting and my slide, you know, if you go to my slideshow uh, year after year after year, when our big conferences, you will find that slide in there. I believe it with a passion. No matter what they tell us, we've always had much more inflation because we as a people want more things than we can afford to buy. So we live in a four-year election world. So for the politicians, it's always easier to print the money, 
give it to us, feel good, and then get worried about re-election. So what that means for the average person, had you bought anything in 1965, and by 1998, when I wrote my first book, um, you would have gone from 13,500 to 278,000. And that was right in the middle of when we had, you know, we had a Russian flu and Asian crisis. We had 19% interest rates in 1983. We had a 13% five-year term in 1993. You look at all of these numbers and you think, huh, it still would have been far better to buy real estate than to rent. You've got to keep that in mind, that it's as long as we're in an inflationary environment and not going into outright deflation or depression, you're always better off buying because no matter what the circumstances were, we have muddled through. And I think that will continue. But that brings us to the most important second point, which is timing. So had you bought a house in, in Burnaby or any suburb really in, in, in Vancouver, you could have bought a nice house in 1990 for 280000 by 1994, that had gone to 400. Nice profit, right? But by 1998, it had gone back down to 280. So what did it have to do with location? Nothing. It had to do with the trend of Chinese, Hong Kong Chinese coming to Canada. They were worried that mainland China would reabsorb Hong Kong for the wrong reason. But then by 1995 or so, they figured out Actually, they were doing well. They had a two-city state, a two-state two city for Hong Kong, and they all went back. And so the trend of where people actually are going is very important because values go where people go. And so when we, in our real estate company, we have a real estate company that I'm not trying to sell you anything. We are not interested in getting listings. And we, we just simply buy buildings and sell buildings to a group of investors together. But we mostly stay, like in Vancouver, we stay in Surrey, where we get, we are into cash flow and all that. But the point is, going back to, will we have more inflation answers? Yes, we owe $300 trillion to the rest of the world. Will the U.S. dollar continue to go up? I've been arguing for it for the last four years in my auspice. By the way, it's all online. Just go ozbuzz.ca and read whatever I say. It, it's, it's there. Not, I, I don't change. So the point is, the inflationary aspect will continue because we never can pay it back, ever. We'll never pay it back. We can't. We can only print it and devalue our dollar. Our U.S. dollar, our Canadian dollar will continue to be devalued. And that means that hard assets like real estate will do well. That brings us to timing. Is right now a good time? Hell no. So if you look at my newsletter in February 2022, actually in March, reporting about February 2022, I said that the high was in place. The most important, it was done. I mean, we had gone to a million nine fifty for the average single family home in Surrey. We came from a million dollars in 2018. Give me a break. We almost doubled what he expected. Go on, up another million. It was ridiculous. So I said the highs in place, and it was. And the sales went down every single month right into the December, and the average price went down and bottomed at about a million three twenty-five. So by January, while I told everybody to get away and run away from the office, I made speech after speech to mortgage brokers and so on, all summer 2022, work hard, no days off, work nights. What are nights? Weekends, you don't know it. You just work 24 hours a day because it will stop. And it did stop. Our average sales in the Vancouver area in Toronto, right throughout the United States, are down sharply, no matter what, what you measure. And no matter what stories you use or listen to or who buys this person or that person, I give you the numbers every single month in Osbas 
and their real numbers, and I go for five years, and that is an eye-opener. For instance, take September 2023, the headlines are Vancouver's up 10% in sales. And it's true. We went from 525 to 585, something like that. We're up. However, if you measure yourselves against September 2021, when we had 1,100 sales, we were actually down 60%. So, you know, this really said lies, damn lies, and statistics. You know, you can make statistics sing you a song that you want to hear. But reality is that we have gone, we went too high. We reversed right down in December. And then I started writing to investors in March. If you're an investor, this is your market. Obviously, we're starting to go up again. Remember the concept of timing. And it was a great time if you bought this March and then got out in, in the summer when we said, hey, you know, be cautious, be careful. And right now, uh, I'm going to come back at the end. I'm going to give you eight recommendations of what you should buy and a whole bunch of what you should not buy. But the point is that inflation is there. Timing right now is not there. The trend, we're going to go into some of those trends, but the trend is actually down. The trend is to higher interest rates. The trend is not your friend right now, right? And the cycles are against you. So we're going to deal into that, but let's look at some of the questions that we get. We got a lot of questions on refinancing. This one is, would you happen to have any recommendation on refinancing commercial property? I'm a small-time landlord with 4,300 square feet. It has quadrupled in price while rent has doubled. Not really complainable, right? <laughs> Not bad. I'm curious about your opinion and resources for a good mortgage broker that you think I should uh, check out. Certainly, commercial property um, in the lower mainland, industrial property has rocketed higher. We recommended to buy in Shilvac, I guess, three years ago. It was a million dollars an acre. And now it's $4 million an acre. I don't think that uh, that that we would cry uh, to make that kind of money. I passed on a, a good mortgage broker to him that specializes in in commercial mortgages. Now, the, the reason why I mentioned this one, I get this constantly. You know, we, we send a mortgage broker to, to recommendation from Calgary. We send one from Victoria in particular. We have some great guys and gals that we like because you need in today's world a mortgage broker that has access to all the financial institutions. And a mortgage broker understands that not all financial institutions will give you money. And also that hits you with a with a whip to get the documents ready because today's banks are literally trying to know your, the name of your firstborn or your firstborn of your son. You know? I mean, the thing is, it just it looks like ridiculous, but when you have the timing effort, we sold some 50 condos that are coming due uh, in the finished in, in February. And I'm right now whipping the, the buyers saying, look, guys and girls, get yourself pre-approved because we now have a financial institution that no longer does pre-approvals. We have another financial institution that gives you 90 points higher. So, yeah, maybe the rate is seven. But for you, the pre-approval costs you eight and a half, which is effectively killing it right there on the end. So you want to have a mortgage broker that catches and look at your statement, look at your, your 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 assessment of yourself and your debts and whatnot, and then put you together with the right broker. Not all mortgage brokers are the same. 100% very important that you go with a broker that knows what they're doing in the, that particular field. We're happy to recommend. There's no charge for that. The same goes for a realtor, though. You want a realtor that practices his or her profession, not somebody that practices on you, right? This is not the world where somebody can drive with a full price offer and see how fast they can drive in order to sell. No, you got to be able to market it. And that brings me to the next question, which is, I see that there's still re reporting a lot of 
the people are still reporting a lot of full price offers over asking multiple offers. Um, are these multiple offers real? And I would say, yeah, they're real. But remember, it's probably done by a professional, long-term, wily old bird realtor who knows the property should be worth around a million five. And then knowing that in today's world, every buyer is on the internet every night. You know, I mean, you haven't lived unless you have access to um, MLS. <laughs> you have withdrawal symptoms. But so the buyer comes already finely tuned into their marketplace, knows probably more about the real turn of marketplace about value. So when the listing comes out at a million three, they're pounds. And that's the value of it. He, he stages it. But for everyone, and I wrote that in the newspaper, for everyone that's a multiple offer situation, there's nine houses that haven't sold. This market is not a hot market. Sales are way down. We're looking at dramatic decreases. Now, when you go to Toronto, you say, well, in Toronto, it's better. No, actually, Toronto had an anemic 2022, just like Vancouver, all about 40% down in sales over 2021. But in Toronto, we actually in September were eight percent below the anemic 2022. So you and and the same with the, the prices. You know, when you look at prices comparison September to September throughout Canada, we look pretty good. You know, in, in some cases we are certainly Calgary and Edmonton is performing much better. But overall, when you measure yourself against the all-time high prices, which were in Toronto about March, April 2022, and Vancouver about you know. We, 20, uh, 2022 February, they're still not back there yet. So, you know, don't, the market is not going to run away from you. What is important that you pick a local area, that you pick a professional that you can can work with, right? And you'll take a look at Northern BC, for instance, right now, the, the average price is down to 408000 It's almost back to 2017. By the way, go to the British Columbia Real Estate Association, we put the graph in our last newsletter, but they put out great statistics for every small town in British Columbia, and certainly the Canadian Real Association gives you the whole country. So the the thing is, uh, the big question here is that um, I know it's almost impossible to predict the policies of the federal government, but do you think they will con discontinue the foreign buyers ban in December 2024? I don't think so. There's no need for them to do it. I don't think the foreign buyers ban has any impact because we have a built-in population of Asians, uh, maybe as much as 20% in, in Vancouver, and they all have relatives, and they could certainly buy it in my name and, and circumvent the, uh, the, the foreign buyers. What is astounding is now the underused housing tax, and I don't want to bore you to death, but I've had 22 questions on that. Go see a lawyer. If you your name is on the title and your wife's name is on the title, it's your principal residence, it doesn't affect you. But boy, if it's in your company name, if you're doing a, a trust fund of some sort, if you have your children on there, if you have it in your company name, even though it's your principal residence, you must declare. You may not have to pay anything, but you must declare. And this and the deadline is October 31st. See your accountant and do the underused home tax, which is really aimed at foreigners also that that come here and buy real estate and leave it underused. Now, the government seems to think that it will free thousands and thousands of units. I'm, I'm in doubt in that. Next question is, what do you think about the new, the, what do you think about Mr. Eby's new uh, tax on, I can't really find it now, but the question is on the overnight rental disallowance that the British Columbia government just put in. And so the, the point is that the government says you can no longer rent out 
anything on a nightly basis unless you have a license and you can't get a license anymore because throughout British Columbia, we're going to be really very, very negative on on anybody that does this. We're almost like, you know, first of all, we our taxes are increased at a dramatic rate so that your regular rental makes no sense. And if you try to save yourself and rent it on a nightly basis, then you are the villain. You're, you're the, the terrible person that uh, is, is in <laughs> when the government is doing continuously charge increases, but it's your fault, right? But the thing is that the new rule on short-term rentals um, have teeth. And uh, you should really be very cautious, depending if that is your goal to buy, what are the, the rules uh, of the government going to be? I mean, we haven't got all the fine-tuned uh, de details yet, but the idea is you can rent out only in your principal residence. Now, that was this, the case already for Vancouver and one other unit. But we can really see the unintended consequences. Remember, we are now supposed to be able to take our single-family home in Vancouver and make it a six-plex. Well, can that be a six-next for <coughs> overnight rentals? Or is it a six-plex only for rentals? Well, that means that we have a whole new world, perhaps, uh, with people that had planned to do, to do that. The other thing is that you may not know, the municipality might allow overnight rentals right now, but in the fine print, they say, they reserve the right to change the rule overnight and forbid it. Well, if you bought paid a million dollars for a condo, let's say in Kelowna, or for a condo in in uh, in, in Penticton or anywhere really, and your goal was to have overnight rentals, and say that's now all of a sudden made, uh, taken away overnight, then maybe you cannot pay a million dollars for your for your property because you'll never get uh, the payments back or make the payments on it. Uh, there's a whole bunch of questions on pre-sales, and uh, I would just urge you to go my Ozbus 87 on the whole question of assignments. Yes, you have to pay GST on the profit of your assignment. So if I buy something for a million and, and assign it to you, not transfer title, but assign it to you at a million two, I have to pay GST on the 200,000, not on the million two. And if he then, that person, if you then sell it for a million four, again, you have to collect that GST on the 200,000. So I think it's important to understand if, for instance, uh, if the 200,000 that you're getting the profit and includes GST, you have to, the assignment fee would be 9,522, 24, and your fee, you would only get 190,000, whatever it is, the balance. It also behooves you if you earn over 80,000, get yourself a GST number. But read about that. It's just too many details. We've had 11 questions on it, and we're going to get a lot more. The, the underused housing tax is so complicated now. But remember, the, the underused housing tax, you have to declare by October 31st. So if you have the slightest doubt, see your accountant, see your lawyer, at least file. Because the government already extended it from the penalties that were in place by, we're talking about 2022 now. So it was supposed to be reported in March 31st. That's been changed, extended to October 31st. But October 31st is it. You have you have to uh, you have to do it. So <clears throat> obviously I'm not as well organized uh, as I, I as I could be. You know. So remember also that Mark Twain said all generalizations are false, including this one. So when I when I make a generalization on my basic velocity, just remember that. But so if we are in an inflationary environment, and if we are at the timing that we are in a lull and that we will muddle through, but it, it might take some time. I am of the view that we're heading into a recession in 2024 in the first quarter. 
Uh, there's, there's no way that we can get, get out of it, in my view. Now, you, you probably have different views, and that's what makes makes the world go round. But when you take a look at where we see layoffs increasing, we see, um, we see uh, if you see unemployment rise, uh, then, then you can really see that we're going to go in there faster. Now, the yields that we right now have on the 10-year bond uh, hit 5%. And uh, in my newsletter, I pointed out that we now have in Canada the overnight rate coming up in, on October 25th. Now, I got a lot of questions that people are confused. Remember, the overnight rate is the rate the banks, the central bank sets for the banks. The banks then take that overnight rate, let's say it's 6%, and then they might put out their prime rate, meaning for their prime, for their best customers, it might be a little bit less, maybe 0.3 less than than, uh, than, say, the 6%. Or, uh, so that determines only variable rates. So the one-year, two-year, three-year variable rates are always set essentially following the federal government's, the, the central government's uh, overnight rate, which is coming on October 25th. So in between, it never changes because that rate stays fixed. However, the, the fixed rates, like in the U.S., the 30-year rate, and in Canada, the five-year rate, fixed rate, or even if it's a four-year fixed rate, that's tied to the bond market. And the bond market actually played, played ball incredibly for the last three years, confusing the heck out of everybody, including me. The two-year rate was far higher than the 10-year rate. Well, now the bond rate hit 5%. That means in the U.S., a 30-year loan is now 8%. Now, imagine, tie yourself up for 8% for 30 years long. We're not far behind in Canada. And so these bond rates for fixed rates really have a, a dramatic impact. So when you buy something now, you've got to really think very hard on whether I have been recommending for years that you that you fix your rates. But right now, you have to make a decision that's almost like a bit of a Russian roulette, you know, in terms of where you think rates are going to do. So here's it is in a snapshot. I've argued for three years go for the length of time that you want to keep the property as an investor. You want to keep it for, for six months, don't go long. You know, of course not. You go as short as you can and as, as cheap as you can. If you're a flipper kind of an investor and you want to get in and out, you go short. If you go long, good for the length of time that you think that the, the interest rates stay high. Generally, I like the mortgages to come due in a, at the end of an election year in the United States. It should be the end of next year. It's something to consider when you go history. It didn't work at every election, but in most elections, the, the the year that the election was fought, the banks generally tried to not make a lot of up and down movement, not so not to influence the election. So, but people that think and there are so many questions: when are they pivot down? They're not going to pivot down. In my views, they wanted to get to this equivalent of over five percent somewhere. And now. Bill Ackerman, who is a multi-billionaire, who I think is a pretty bright kind of a guy, he sees rates staying where they are. Now, I've, I've said that for three years. Rates will come to a new level and then stay there. Now, Jimmy Diamond, who runs one of the biggest, most well-run corporations in the world, thinks that once it hits over five, we go to five and a quarter, and we could hit seven. Think, think about that. I mean, the whole idea of these rates are so married to how much money we overspending that it boggles the mind. And for the purposes of, of this particular video, um, I just want to say this. 
that the interest that we're paying now in the United States and Canada on the extra debt, and it's worse in the States than in Canada, the extra interest we pay, that alone could go to 30% of all the taxes collected within the next two or three years. So it is serious, but it also means that things of real value will be inflating. And to some extent, we will be seeing a, a, um, a world that that is going to go sideways for long of time, lengths of time. We don't believe that interest rates are going to go down. Their goal was to have it over. We put in Osba's uh, newsletter, two or three issues. We put 50-year history of in Canada, the five-year term, and only five years out of 50 was their uh, mortgage rates under 5%. And that was 2016, 17, 18, and so on. So it's the, the sorry, the new millennials that came on, you know, in 2018 and so on in that area, they never saw any high rates. They can't believe it. But for 45 years, we were always over 5% on our fixed mortgage rate. So it's not necessarily that unusual. When I was president of Royal Page, you know, I was in charge of some 10,000 people and I was on national TV and I said, 11% is a good rate for the family. <laughs> I mean, if I believed it, we came out of 15%. So the point is that the world is a is a wondrous place. It is a, a surprising place in, in many in many instances. Okay, some more questions. Um, the uh, Victoria changed its midterm. Yeah, Victoria. You know, in Vancouver, we are now allowing uh, the the conversion of a single family zoning to a fourplex or sixplex, and it's just recently done, and there aren't very many that have done it. But in Victoria, it's really been the law since January 1. And I was joking in one of our newsletters that uh, so far, and that was in end of August, not a single application was in because the requirements on parking, on on square footage, on ceiling heights, it was ridiculous. You know, anybody looked at the and said, the hell with that? Well, Victoria now put in a new rate last week, which is the, the end of our, uh, middle of October, and and those you have to get from the city to see it's supposed to be better, and a lot of those things have been fixed because they want to get that middle tier up in, in terms of condos that are not too ex not too expensive. So you want to take a look at that. So the um, refinancing we did, housing policy. We did. Okay, then let's take a, a look at some of the things that you should do. Uh, I have a slide out that I have for years that, that there's a market and then there is your age. And I think when you're 70 years plus, 50% of your money should be in cash. It's funny how many letters I've had last year where in one particular case, a fellow wrote me, says, my wife and I nearly got a divorce when she said, Ozzy says, go 50% in cash. And I really, really didn't want to do it, but I did it. I'm the only the only money I've left is the cash. So thank you, Dash. I think. <laughs> well, I mean, the point is, you know, Standard and Poor right now, fully fifty percent of all of those stocks are down. Some of them are down. I mean, most of them, twenty-five percent or more, are down more than thirty percent. So when we talk about the top ten stocks being up dramatically and then driving everybody else higher, that means that most people are, even if they're lucky. And the rest are all way, way underwater. So over 70, you don't gamble. You don't get it back. 
At 60, you should be in, in, uh, in my view, 40% cash. At 50, you should have, you know, I have the rate of cash, just look it up in my newsletter. If you're under 40, go for the brass ring. You can make it back. Of course, you want to go all out and, and gamble and, 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 and give the best of advice, right? So have an H cash there. Look for and make stink bits on quality pre-sale assignments. A lot of people want to get out. They never banked on the rents being higher. They bought three years ago. So the price is still very good. We're talking now primarily Vancouver and Toronto. There's a lot of buildings I would not buy. So you want to have quality builders. You know, you're out of 100 builders right now. We in Vancouver, I would say you have 20% that are good. Is the builder going to be able to complete? A whole bunch of builders by the end of October, where we are offering free cars, we're offering 100,000 off, we're offering free assignment fees, we're offering 5% down. All that doesn't mean they love you. That means they're trying to sell, right? And by the end of this month, I think the, as Warren Buffett says, you know, when the tide goes out, everybody that is not wearing a bathing suit, you can see it. Well, that'll happen to a lot of developers. But I think I've seen people walk away from $50,000 to $100,000 down payment on, on their deposits because they don't want them or cannot complete. And then I, as I said uh, before about, you know, the multiple offer thing, a lot of them are underlisted on purpose. So take a good hard look. Very few of those, when, if it's a value is a million five and the underlisting is a million three. Yes, it draws on more buyers, but be very, very cautious that you don't get caught up in, in some sort of a bidding war because then we need no need for to do that. I mentioned about getting quality mortgage brokers. And I said something in the last newsletter. I got three questions on it. It says banks are more scared than you. The United States banks, a lot of them are in deep doo-doo. Now, you understand in the U.S., you have 4,000 banks with one branch, right? So it's quite normal that this is a business for them. They could be out of business. You do not want to be in a regional bank, and you do not want to own any stocks in a regional bank in the United States. I mean, in Canada, we got six, seven financial institutions with 2,000 branches, right? It's a different world entirely. But I would just think that the banks are, are very apprehensive. They look at these bond rates and, and the money that they have to pay to lend it to you at a fixed rate. It's scary. And then if, if somebody, we have one lender, doesn't want to be, even be in A lending anymore. I switch to B lending because, you know, I can get 8 or 9%. If I check out the, the, the client very well on, on this B contract, I have a better chance to survive than if I listed at 7%, 5% and it goes to 7%. Let's say this uncertainty, the speed at which the interest rates have gone up is really the problem, not the rates by themselves. And the uncertainty that we all, you know, what 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 are we doing? We are now turning into stockbrokers and money managers that we don't want. We just want to either have a loan or not. Credit card debts is soaring. Loan allowances are soaring. So it's a good time to sit on the sideline with your cash. Now, the question I got is, where can you get 5.7% on a GIC? I send it out. I don't want to go all, I don't want it to seem like I am recommending a specific bank or, you know, but, but, um, but the, where is it here? He says, where do you get a GIC of 5.7? I'm with RBC and I only get 4.95. Well, I know one of our clients who just got six, right? Now, but these are not necessarily the, the five major banks. But look at it carefully. Make sure it's a good bank. If you have a, a couple of million dollars, remember, if it is six, you know, 
they're looking at a you know $120,000 income. Is well, that's for the first time the the savers or the old timers they get rewarded? So if, if you're not sure about lo locking it up for a year, well, go three months for a third and six months for a half, and and you know, but take some money off the table, and uh, and get the get the return on it, and not speculative return. I hear about fifteen percent interest. If it's fifteen percent interest, it's a fifteen three times higher risk than you have in a GIC. So so I I would uh, certainly recommend you uh, you do to do that. Finally, if the US dollar will be higher. Interest rates will be higher. You know, Benjamin Tall thought it would be higher next week. But now, with actually, the funny thing is, as bonds went higher and the yields went higher, that may take some pressure of, of the federal government to raise uh, rents and raise uh, the rate uh, in Canada. Uh, but uh, Benjamin Tall, who I immensely respect, thought it was quite possible. He doesn't agree with the Bank of Canada, but he thought it was quite possible. For the bank to come down, he also sees rates coming down uh, next uh, next year. I, I don't. I think the rates are gonna gonna stay stay where they are. So the inflation will stay higher, and you do not do not believe the official rates. You know yourself when you go shopping. You go to a restaurant now. You, I mean, I went to a restaurant to a very fancy restaurant, admittedly, and I was looking at the the fillet, and the fillet was thirty five dollars. I thought that is pretty good. You know, I went to the keg; it was higher there. I said, look at the fine print that said per ounce, 35 dollars per ounce. I, I swallowed very hard and I did not order an eight ounce filly that cost $280. I mean, my God, give me a break. So, no, I'm, I'm not saying that's entirely due to inflation, you know, but you going out, you go shopping. Yeah, I, I said on the radio with Michael Campbell, uh, you know, um, Two weeks ago, as the guy goes home, he says, I'll come be eating beans. And the wife says, well, you only bring home beans kind of money. So he goes to his boss. He says, I need a raise. He says, here's 3.8%. He goes back home to his wife. She hits him with a frying pan. I mean, what is up only 3.8%? Why do you think we have this many strikes? People can simply not follow the sharp increases in costs, no matter how often the government tells you it's only 3.8%. By the way, I made the same argument in 2010 and 2005 and 1995 because we were always, always spending more than we took in in taxes. And the governments find an inordinate amount of money to uh, to spend and then can't collect it from us. So they're debasing the currency and that's going to continue on a regular basis. Other than that, we'll be just fine. Real estate by itself will always be a better investment. Owning it will be better investing than renting it, but right now, I'd sit on the sidelines. Go to ozbuzz.ca and take a good hard look at some of the, the stuff that I've written. It's all there, uh, six years worth. And if you look on YouTube, uh, if you're seeing this on YouTube, uh, and if you listen to it on the podcast, fine, but if it's on YouTube, um, I've put up almost 15 years of um, little sound bites and, and that I did on British Columbia television every single week. And you will see that I'm not much different than was I was then. I was always poor real estate, but only coupled timing, what is the trend of the marketplace, and what are the cycles. We haven't gotten into details on the cycles now, but we'll do it next time. I wish you a great, great week of late October. <laughs> Thank you.